Chipped ham and football, that's what Pittsburgh does. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the show. As always, presented by Pella. There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella. They can help you save on energy costs year-round. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella windows and doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560 to discuss your project further. That's 866-593-1560. To get started planning on your new windows and doors installation with Pella, windows and doors of Pittsburgh. As always, I'm Brian Batka, one of our Steelers beat writers, recording this Monday afternoon, fresh off of Art Rooney II, Steelers team president's State of the Union address. So I'm going to be joined by somebody else who's in the room for that. That would be ESPN.com's Brooke Pryor, who's also been covering the Steelers for quite a while. Let's bring Brooke in right now. Brooke, how you doing? Uh, I mean, I feel enlightened and energized by talking to Art Rooney II. How couldn't you? So I'm great. Plus the um, afternoon Diet Pepsi that I'm drinking, courtesy of the Steelers from uh, one of their, I believe, playoff practices where they fed us lunch. Well, there you go. Um, I was going to say, I mean, we've uh, we've both been covering the team since 2019. Uh, uh-huh. You've been to, I guess this is the fifth one of these season wrap-up pressers that, that you've been to at, at this point. And we've got a lot to get into from Art Rooney the second's comments from Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, Mike Tomlin. But let's just start with Art himself, the man at the top. I mean, did he seem any different to you, Brooke, than in previous years of sitting in that room uh, around the table with the other reporters and sort of uh, getting our chance to to lob some questions his way that he hasn't addressed since the Steelers had had gone through a 17 or in this case, 18 game slate um, of, of ups and downs. You know, I think that Art is very much always the same person, right? Like he's very even keeled. He's pretty, at least to us, soft spoken. I mean, he's just very, um, he's very consistent. I will say, I mean, I think that he kind of mirrors the rest of the organization in that, that he's done something a certain way forever, and he's going to keep doing it that way. But to me, I noticed similar themes that I felt like I noticed when we talked with Mike Tomlin in that while they're going to be consistent and they're going to give the same kind of message, their cracks are starting to show. They're starting to realize and say externally, Things have to change. We're getting impatient with not winning. There is a sense of urgency. Um, and I think that the acknowledgement that, hey, we have to look around the league and see what's working. It's it, it's not that the standard isn't the standard. It's not that the Steeler way is not the way anymore. But I think that the, there was some acknowledgement from him in how he spoke, in what he said, that Maybe maybe we can't just live on an island in Pittsburgh, that maybe we need to take a look around the rest of the league and realize that we can incorporate some of these things in moving forward to get this organization back to the tier that they expect to be on. Yeah, I think you're you you said it great there that the, the head of the organization is always going to be careful with what he says. Any any quote from you know Art Rooney the second is gonna have the the right phrasing. The appropriate caveat that goes with it. I mean, that's just uh, that's just how he is. You're never going to be dealing with a fire and brimstone type of owner like a Jerry Jones or Al Davis in his heyday. Probably not even Mark Davis uh, with, with the way he talks sometimes publicly uh, in, in running the Raiders. But 
Yeah, I mean, I even though I'd you know I'd never necessarily been in on those uh, briefings that he said we've had enough of this, meaning himself, Mike Tomlin, and uh, which I thought was notable. He's acknowledging the veteran players like Cam Hayward and TJ Watt, who you know they're not going to be around forever, especially somebody like Cam Hayward. The, the, there's more uh, in the bottom of the hourglass than the top with him and with TJ Watt still hasn't even won a playoff game in his time in Pittsburgh. So yeah, I mean to say that and, and to use the word impatient, a little impatient, but impatient a little, nonetheless. A little. He catched it. Yeah. Impatient nonetheless with, uh, you know, that was when he was asked about seven years now without the playoff win and, and obviously a five game losing streak in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you you got less of the 2022 response, which was look at how we improved throughout the season. We got better down the stretch. We're encouraged by the results. He sort of mentioned that at the end when he was talking about the job that Mike Tomlin's doing and and how he sort of evaluates him. But yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was just interesting because this is, I guess, the structure of the offseason right now. This is the first time in a while that the collective media has talked to to Art when Mike Tomlin's his future's not in jeopardy, but the contract status is less firm than it has been in previous seasons, and I, that that was probably the area of of which he you know his 20, 25 minute comments were the least expansive is is when that topic came up. I yes, I definitely noticed that um, because that was the the last question I had been kind of trying to figure out for the better part of that 20-minute session how to phrase it, how to, I think when, when you approach asking Art Rooney questions, you do so in the same way that, that at least I try to formulate questions to Mike Tomlin, thinking like, okay, they, they're going to be very calculated with how they answer this, so I need to be very calculated in how I ask this. 17 years, they've heard it all. Well, even, even longer in, in Art's case. so They truly have. They are, they are pros. It is very much a chess match, one that I enjoy sometimes. Um, because you can't just throw out a talk about the extension status. Like you've right. got to be very pointed. And so the thing that that we closed this availability on was I asked him, how does, you know, understanding that you still have confidence in Mike and his ability to connect with the players, does your impatience at where you are as an organization affect the terms of the contract extension that you're working out with Mike Tomlin? And I was a little, I think I, I lost um, track of how I was phrasing it in the moment because I was trying to get those puzzle pieces all right in line. But the gist of the question that I was asking him, and he understood this, um, I think, is you're impatient. Are you going to keep giving him three or four year extensions or is this going to turn into a year by year deal so that if you're still not having success in a year or two, that gives you an easier out to move on from Mike Tomlin. Um, and Art said, you know, that's not something that he's going to discuss right now. He's keeping that with between him and, and Mike Tomlin's representatives. But um, I think that, that he was definitely very clipped when asked about when is this extension going to happen? Is there a sense of urgency because of the offensive coordinator hire? Um, all of kind of the the details of that. And I thought it was interesting that while Mike came out and said in his end of season that he expected to get a contract extension, I don't think it, at any point, maybe it's just because Art felt it was understood, there was no, we are extending Mike Tomlin, we are just waiting, 
for the ink to dry kind of thing. I, I thought that, that that was significant, that there was no definitive of outside of him saying, we, I still believe in Mike Tomlin. I still think he's the guy that can win a championship here. And that's, you know, that's why we're moving forward with him. I just would have liked to hear a little bit more definitiveness in talking about the extension. Yeah, he, he was certainly uh, verbose in his praise of Tomlin when it came to the, the job that he thinks he can still do as a head coach. But certainly, I mean, it, when you get into negotiations, it's business at the end of the day. That's really the only time that those two are not in lockstep <laughs> trying to accomplish a task. They're actually at odds and in, in both trying to extract as much value as they can out of the other. That That is uh, that is the essence of negotiations, whether it's team player, team coach, uh, what what have you. So. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's all much ado about nothing, but uh, I do think that, you know, when he was asked uh, also pointedly that, you know, why he didn't extend Tomlin this time last year, he just kind of said there's no particular reason. So I, I think when it comes to these contracts, maybe it's more, hey, pay attention to what he does, not what he says. So uh, we'll we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that'll get done at some point, but even Art himself just said kind of uh, it'll get done when it gets done. So you, you don't want to tip your hand too much. I suppose, in in that realm. Um, Brooke, before we move into the quarterbacks, anything stick out to you otherwise in terms of the Tomlin-Rooney dynamic or potentially offensive coordinator, although I suppose we can touch on that search when we get into the Kenny Pickett-Mason Rudolph uh, uh, segment of the show? I thought it was interesting. I asked him uh, about what he wants to see an offensive coordinator and how much he's going to influence that decision that he very much jumped out at the start and said, like, first and foremost, this is Mike's decision. This is Mike's hire. I'm not going to try to muddy the waters in the line of communication um, by, you know, weighing in here. Um, he was like, but that being said, I do consult with Mike and Omar. Um, to me, it, it's a yes, I think what you would expect him to say, but in doing it as clearly as he did, it felt like, almost a challenge and almost like a it underscores the significance of this offensive coordinator hire for Mike Tomlin that this hire I think is going to dictate Mike Tomlin's future in Pittsburgh because if he doesn't get this hire right that puts even more pressure on him I mean he hasn't made a ton of coordinator hires in his time here hasn't made a lot of, of offensive coordinator hires hasn't made one from outside the building that didn't have a lot of Art Rooney's influence when they um, brought in Todd Haley. So I, I feel like that was Art saying, this has got to go right. And and I'm gonna, you know, Mike has all the power here. We're following his lead, even though a week earlier or two weeks earlier, whatever it was when we talked to Mike Tomlin, he said, well, it's gonna be the three of us in in one, him, Art Rooney and, and Omar Khan. But, um, I feel like that was almost a challenge. I feel that, that Art was issuing. And the Steelers, they're always going to present the united front, right? Uh, they're, they're not nearly as in agreement as they always will claim to be on the outside, but that's that's probably a function of a well-run and um, you know stable organization for the most part. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, short of asking the man if Mike Tomlin effectively has a lifetime contract here. Uh, I, I think, you know, we, we kind of tried to get do our best at, at getting to the uh, the crux of the issue right now with the the man at the top of the football side of the organization. And it was Art Rooney himself who said last year, I believe it was in the one-on-one sit-down he had with Missy Matthews from Steelers.com, that he doesn't evaluate Mike Tomlin on much other than he's glad he's the coach. So um, 
you know, that that was sort of said today again, or excuse me, Monday, we're taping this on Monday, just in case something crazy happens within the next uh, 12 hours. Um, you know, he sort of said that again Monday, but things always have a little bit of a different tone and tenor to them in a contract year, of course. Um, all right, yeah, we're going to get to Pickett and Rudolph first. A word from Goldberg, Persky, and White. If you've been diagnosed with mesothelioma or lung cancer, call your local, local attorneys um, at Goldberg, Persky, and White for more than 40 years. Their firm has represented thousands of lung cancer and mesothelioma victims. Call 1-800-COMPLEX or visit gpwlaw.com for your free consultation. And Propel, Propel's 13 public charter schools in Allegheny County, build a solid academic foundation for lifelong learning and offer more personalized instruction at every level during your child's kindergarten through 12th grade education journey. So give your children the quality education they deserve. Check out Propel Schools. You can apply and learn more by visiting them at propelschools.org. Brooke, uh, Art Rooney II hopes Kenny Pickett will propel himself uh, into a better year three. Um, what did you make of his comments on Kenny? And they were always <laughs> kind of tied to Mason Rudolph as well. At least my feel for it was, and, and this this kind of might jibe with sort of how the fan base is feeling right now that that the team president was far more um, willing to praise Rudolph, and it was far more of a we understand it's not looking right thus far for our 2022 first round pick, and kind of the the progress needs to be there in year three, or this conversation is going to be a lot different next January. That's absolutely what I heard. Um, you know, the thing that, that I keep coming back to with Kenny Pickett is that when you talk to anyone in the organization, whether it's front office, coaches, players, anybody, and you say, like, what is it about Kenny Pickett that, that you really like? Or what is Kenny Pickett good at? It's always the intangibles. And that's what Art said today. Like, we, we know he's tough. We know that he's got, like, the mental fortitude for it. We, we know that, like, he has, like, the DNA and the makeup to be a quarterback. But when I hear him also say, well, he's got to learn how to read defenses better. And, you know, there are some things on the field. And we saw Mason Rudolph show what this offense can be with quality quarterback play. It's like, oh, yikes. That yeah. is. That's concerning. Um, I, I do think there is something to the idea that it's, it is difficult to draft a quarterback. And you do kind of have to pick your poison, whether you're drafting in terms of tangible on-field talent, things that you see measurables, and the intangibles. And the Steelers have said, we think that we can develop a guy that has the intangibles. If he comes to us and he has the right DNA and he has the right mindset and he can be a leader and he can be tough, then we can mold him into being our quarterback. So far, that hasn't happened. Um, I think that if you are going to draft someone like that, almost like you you want to create a player and he's going to come with like a 100 on the mental skills. I don't play Madden and that's going to be very apparent in this comparison, 99. but yeah, if he, if he has a 99 in mental, but like Awareness. a 60, <laughs> yes. And everything else, like you need to hire better coordinators, better position coaches, strength. Like, I don't know if it's a sports psychologist. I, I don't know, but there needs to be, more support for that quarterback if, if you're going to take somebody that is more raw talent wise but that's also a concern because of the age that he is like when, when art rooney says well we saw him take a step forward every year at Pitt, so we think he can do that also in the nfl what if he 
took all the steps that he could possibly take in college football. What tells you that he can keep developing? That was one of the questions about him going into that draft and why he wasn't, you know, a consensus sort of top 20 guy. You know, the Steelers, he fell to them at 20 and, and they went with it. But yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it's interesting to me that he did not try to spin it as Kenny's fine. We'll get a new coordinator in here and everything will click. He didn't try to, uh, you know, pour water on our heads and, and say that it's raining. So um, it, it very did much come across as somebody who thinks the quarterback still has a ways to go. And, you know, I guess you could read that one of two ways, as is every conversation about Kenny Pickett, right? There's always the, the two factions that just get further entrenched in one side or the other. You're going to have the uh, Kenny Pickett haters who say, yeah, Art's done with him. He's on a short leash in 2024 and Mason might even start. And then you're going to have the very pro Kenny people who are saying, look, the team president still believes in him, guys. He's not writing him off like all of you. So um, at the very least, I mean, it, those are, I think, his most fascinating comments overall because he did peel back the curtain on the uh, the, the big investment that the team made at the most significant position. And, and you know, Brooke, I mean, in previous years, he always sort of has something on his agenda that he wants to highlight for what they're going to try to do that offseason season. In previous years, it's, you know, I think, been running the football. I think last year, too, he mentioned uh, stopping the run. So, I mean, there's always little things he wants to highlight. This, though, I mean, not much you can really do about it in the offseason. I did not get the sense that they're going to really hit the free agent market hard or look into the draft and unless he's really in, in all the comments about being interested in bringing back Mason Rudolph. You know, I, I think maybe other teams you would sort of wonder, okay, are they trying to, you know, drive up his price because they don't really believe in him. I don't think the Steelers tend to be that sort of deceitful. I think they're more straightforward and what they're telling you for the most part is, is how they're feeling. So he was, he was fairly candid about, uh, he doesn't even know if they've seen Mason Rudolph ceiling yet. Yeah. And I think almost you have to wonder is Mason Rudolph's development a positive for Kenny Pickett's trajectory. Like I thought it was very interesting what Art said about that you see guys in the league all the time that have the intangibles and it takes them three or four years and then it just clicks. Mason Rudolph was here longer than that. He didn't have the same luxury as far as, you know, working through it for three or four years on the field. Like he got the 19th season in and out because of Ben's injury and then very much was a background guy for the last couple of years and was really only mentioned as like kind of a joke. I mean, he was the punchline in a lot of stuff. Like, well, the Steelers have a quarterback competition between Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. Oh yeah. And Mason Rudolph too. Like he was very much an afterthought. And I think that the Steelers in seeing the way that Mason evolved and progressed could look at that and say, okay, you know what? Maybe it wasn't the right move to throw Kenny out there his rookie year. Maybe we need to sit him for a little bit, let him develop without the pressure of being a rookie first round pick, a second year first round pick, give another guy a chance to me. It, I, and I don't know if they'll do this, but I, I wish they would. It to me goes back to the way that, that his career was managed in the first place. I think that, his situation has been, has been mismanaged from the start and they're now in a really tough position because in, in ripping the Band-Aid off the way they did in the middle of his rookie season or four games into the rookie season, like 
without giving him the opportunity to you know, work with everybody. I mean, the story's been told a million times, but I think that it just threw a wrench in the timeline. And then you think, okay, well, he's going to make this big jump in the seconds and, you know, going into a second season, he's got a full off season, but like, it's still just, I think it's going to help him tremendously to have a new offensive staff come in there and kind of maybe let things cool off a little bit. Let some of the Kenny Pickett discourse settle down the way that in a lot of ways it settled down around Mason and then it turned into this comeback story. So I think maybe seeing the way that, that Mason has developed will give the Steelers some more patience for Pickett and his development. Could I, I know that a lot of the viewers and the listeners right now don't have nearly as much patience, but that's uh, sort of Art Rooney II's job to have uh, more of an objective look and an even-keeled, balanced view of, of this whole thing. And yeah, I think you're right. I mean, if I were the lawyer for Kenny Pickett stating his case to uh, to not lose his starting quarterback job in 2024 and beyond, I'd say, yeah, I mean, didn't didn't really get much of a shot to be the QB one his rookie year. And, you know, not just because of Mitch Trubisky's presence, but not a ton of reps either uh, early on in the team development process, as Mike Tomlin always says. Um, I guess you'd say, yeah, threw me in on, on the road at, at Buffalo for my first start, arguably the best defense and toughest place to play with a couple other very difficult games there. And then I just gesture wildly at Matt Canada and say, what the heck <laughs> were we doing offensively for most of my uh, two and a half seasons? Then you pulled him out of there, um, you know, midway through my second season. And then I got hurt. So, I mean, there are things that you can sort of point to, um, you know, I don't know that uh, I don't think Art Rooney's making any excuses for his third year quarterback, but he, he left the door open and I think walk, tried to walk that line between we still believe in him, but we know he needs to be better. We're, that's what I always laugh at is like, you don't think that the the team president and the GM and, and everybody in the front office who's sitting up there in section whatever, 400 something where we are at Acrisure Stadium, they're seeing the same things that you guys are at home. I promise you that they just don't react to it the same way that you all do. Exactly. They... They have eyes, and they have been around this game for a long time. And I mean, they always make the right decisions. They're not infallible right. as decision makers and how they approach it, but it's not like they are blind. They, they don't see Kenny Pickett throwing 30 touchdown passes to 10 interceptions where you're seeing the real stats. That's that's just not how it works. Exactly. You know what? I'm, I'm so interested, and I, I almost asked Art about it, but we only have 20 minutes, and there's only so many things we can ask about, but – I kind of wanted to know where Mitch Trubisky fits in to all this and how they evaluate the decision to bring him in in free agency, how they, how does that affect their decisions going forward and bringing in free agent quarterbacks? Because when they brought him in, like this is an organization that doesn't often do that, bring in a, I mean, he wasn't cheap. I think he was what the highest paid backup this year. He was up there, um, yeah. although there, there one, one of the other names that float around every season, but he he was up there for sure. Right. So where does this leave him? Do they have to wait and see if, if Mason will resign? And then do you cut Trubisky? What what kind of contract do you give Mason? The, the quarterback room is so fascinating going into this offseason. Yeah, I think he might have said all he needed to say about Mitch Trubisky by not mentioning Mitch Trubisky's name at all in that uh, 20 to 20. Granted, you know, to be fair, we didn't ask about him, like you said, but I think the writing's probably on the wall for for Mitch and yeah, it just remains to be seen if they, 
maybe try to fill out that depth chart with somebody in the draft. And I mean, who would have thought we'd be saying this, but come March, the primary domino in all Steelers offseason machinations might be Mason Rudolph. So um, truly the uh, strangest timeline that we're living in here, Brooke. We are in the upside down. That's that is <laughs> as best as I can describe it, but I'm here for it. I, I'm always going to root for an underdog storyline. It's made things more fun. And, and you could go back and look at your transcript from 2023. I wouldn't be surprised if Art didn't uh, get asked about or mention Mason either at, at that point. I mean, I'm sure it was all things, all things Kenny. It, it, I mean, it, most people just expected Mason wasn't going to be back in 2024. Uh, 2020. Uh, Mason didn't think Mason yeah, was right. going to yeah, be back Mason in 2023. Yeah. So who knows? Um, it's uh, It's amazing how much can change in a year and, Maybe we'll do this again uh, next year. Is there anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Um, you know, I thought it was interesting that Art brought or that that Art was asked about stadium improvements. Uh, that that's something that once again, I, I just I think that the Steelers are very much an organization at a crossroads right now. They are, I think, starting to recognize that just being the Steelers isn't enough or it doesn't carry the same weight that it used to in terms of off-season success or uh, post-season success in terms of being a destination for free agents in terms of, you know, overall view of the organization. Um, I think for a long time, the Steelers have been a top-tier NFL organization because of the success, the sustained success that they had, and then in the seventies, and that you know was then has come back in in long spurts throughout you know the the last couple of decades, and now they hit this lull, and they can't just the Steeler way is not going to carry them forward in twenty twenty four and beyond. It can be a foundation, but. They've got to add some support beams or else you risk being kind of a a, a, a dwarf organization, a dwarf star organization, a, you know, that's just kind of middle there. of the pack. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yes. I think people still, yeah, people still appreciate the stability and consistency of the Steelers from the outside. But when that consistency is consistently being average or slightly above, not really moving the meter too much. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how much this is an off season of, innovation for them and that's going to start with this offensive coordinator search which we will be discussing much more throughout the week here i'm sure on the uh post gazette youtube channel and at post-gazette.com uh obviously the interviews thus far arthur smith gerard johnson and thomas brown thanks again to brooke Pryor from espn for joining us uh she will be uh covering much of that as well along with myself jerry Dulac, and post uh in ray fittipaldo here for the pg I'm Brian Batko. Thanks, as always, for watching. Chris Carter will be back with you on the North Shore Drive Wednesday. As for that, uh, keep it locked on the website, and we will have plenty of uh, plenty of good stuff here to get you through the Steelers offseason that, in a lot of ways, is really just beginning. We'll talk to you then. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.